Welcome to Real Creative Leadership, a place where creative leaders can find insights and practical guidance on the day-to-day job of being a creative leader. We focus on real issues, topics, and insights of creativity in the business world. Join me as we explore the best strategies for developing your team, getting others to embrace your vision, and generating amazing experiences. This webinar series is produced by The Stoke Group. I'm your host, Adam Morgan, Adobe Executive Creative Director and author of Sorry Spot Emotions Drive Business. And this is Real Creative Leadership. All right, thank you, and welcome back to Real Creative Leadership. I'm here with Douglas Davis. So let me give you a little bit of background because this has been, oh, you know, some time in the making. I heard Douglas on a podcast, Obsessed with Design. It was like a year, year and a half ago, and I thought I've got to, ch- I've got to chat with Douglas. We've got to do something together. So I contacted him. We've been back and forth on different things, and we're finally here. We're finally together, chatting on a Real Creative Leadership podcast, which is awesome. Well, let me give you a little bit of background of Douglas. Douglas, uh, he started out as an art director and then a creative director, and then he wrote this awesome book called Creative Strategy in the Business of Design, uh, which is what caught my attention, which is super awesome. We're going to talk about that today. And then now he's moved on. He's, uh, he is a, the chair of communications design over at CNYU, the New York, College, New York City College of Technology. So he's done everything from academia to t- training to being in the trenches working and, and doing design and, and creativity and, and all of that so super excited thank you douglas for being on the show with us adam thank you for having me and what's really interesting is whenever you hear uh an introduction it sort of goes through the timeline of you know how long you've been in the trenches you realize oh my god like some time it's really passed yeah so, <laughs> so it does again i uh you know when you're having fun, it really does go pretty fast. But again, thank you for having me on. You bet. So what we're going to talk today about, um, just so that our listeners have a little bit of background, the last episode we talked about was all about giving creative feedback. And we gave some tips on, you know, how to create a great environment for giving good feedback, how to listen, how to, you know, take feedback and also give feedback. So a lot of that good stuff. But I thought it dovetailed really well into your book. Um, because your book is all about, it's, it's more than, you know, when you're giving feedback, we're going to, let's move beyond that topic to, it's all about speaking the same language and understanding each other. So That's right. this has to do with feedback. And today we're going to talk about that, but it's also about just good communication. So the first thing I want to hear, and this a little bit is in your book, but talk to me about early on where you mentioned that strategy was the thing that was always beating you, right? Yeah. And, yeah. The, and this other, you know, this first job where you had to deal with <clears throat> ugly web design. I'd love to hear a little more about that. Let, let our listeners hear these stories because they're awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, I was on my first job, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, my God, like Pratt didn't teach me how to design anything. So <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I realized that my strategy was I'm going to add in everything that I would never do. So I'm doing um, – Burst and like gradients <laughs> and lens flare. Like I'm doing all kind of just the horrible things. And I show it to my creative director and they're like, yes. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so what have I that, done? What have I done? So yeah. I remember after that distinctly sort of uh, making a decision. You know what? I have to bring myself to this. And though I don't care if they want it ugly i'm gonna bring what i do to this i'm gonna bring my aesthetics to this that's when everything obviously smoothed out that's what i started to realize oh wait a minute i'm 
the only designer around. Oh, got it. Okay. This is the early stages of this thing. But I think um, the other part of your question concerning strategy, um, you know, when, and I'm not sure whether your listeners are a mix of people who went to design school or whether they also went to business school, but in coming out of design school undergraduate and going into uh, Pratt um, design school graduate, I realized that design school doesn't teach you business. And you don't learn that until you get onto the job and you were trained to make it pretty. And there are other people at the table that you just sat down at. Those people are concerned with marketing. Those people are concerned with metrics. Those people understand the business concepts that designers should understand, but were never introduced to because in design school, they teach you to focus on the tactical parts of what should be strategic decisions without explaining what those strategic decisions are. So I am, fast forward, I broke into advertising, um, general advertising. My first job was in digital. I was still sort of straddling the line between design, uh, promotions, departments, editorials, um, as well as digital, which was my very first job, digital advertising. And then I broke into an advertising agency. So I'm there, I'm gaining positions of responsibility relatively quickly because of how well I'm doing my job. I'm good mm -hmm. at what I do. I can build a team, I can manage the freelancers, I can pitch the business, we could do pretty much soup to nuts. And I'm a little kid, I'm 24, 25. Um, but I realized that I kept losing battles because I couldn't articulate why the design decisions that I was making were the right business decisions. I didn't have that vocabulary. So I fell back on the aesthetic stuff, the stuff that the business people who went to business school because they don't teach how to inspire designers, um, they didn't learn, are not concerned with, and didn't even understand that there was a creative process that they can inspire. This is also why you get a creative brief sometimes that's the size of a novel, but that's mm -hmm. another part of this conversation. But in those contexts, I kept losing because I didn't have that vocabulary. And then one day I stumbled into a strategy session and I realized, oh, this is that thing that keeps beating me. If I can understand and be the creative person who understands business, I can actually sell more creative work because I understand how to think how they think to do what we do. And that's essentially um, what the book is about. And just one more uh, question, one more sort of part of this answer, uh, which is where it came from, this philosophy of, you know, think how they think to do what we do. Um, since Father's Day was yesterday, I'd love to sort of share just a little bit about how I learned this lesson. I think I was in second grade. Uh, my grandfather had a standing lunch date with a, a well-known conservative talk show host. And that's pretty much where we met, standing in the kitchen in my grandparents' kitchen uh, in South Carolina. And I, I was, again, about eight years old at that point. But I remember hearing my grandfather chuckle all the time. He would laugh like constantly listening to the things that this uh, old host would say um, pretty much every day. So one day he's ranting in this particularly offensive manner and it registers as such in my still forming second grade brain. And I remember asking my granddaddy, granddaddy, like, do you hear this? Like, why do you even listen to this? Do you hear what he's saying? 
And my grandfather, without even needing a moment to collect his thoughts, he smiled and he said, I want to know what they think. And it was those seven words that sort of introduced my eighth grade brain to the simple concept of seeking to understand the point of view hmm. outside of my own. And so in that little lesson, my grandfather and I down south, um, sort of that exchange is where I built the philosophy and my point of view to think how they think to do what we do, to seek the uh, points of views that are outside of the creative team, to be concerned with what's going on outside of the creative team so that you can understand exactly where your part is, but also how you can influence the parts that haven't traditionally included us. So mm -hmm. all of that is sort of how we got here, how I wrote creative strategy in the business of design and how I've survived, frankly. Um, so I'm glad that the the meter is sort of turning towards, um, you know, strategy as an essential skill for creatives, just as tinkering and choosing to change and choosing to learn code was back in 1999. Those are mm -hmm. some similarities, but today, obviously, it's uncharted territory. No, that's great. I I love the fact that for years when I've been talking to my teams or other creative directors, that it's like, if you were going to become a creative leader, part of creating that environment where there's good communication, good feedback, all of that stuff is really speaking what we call speaking khaki. Like it's understanding yes. the business and being able to talk to right. them, right? Right. Um, and really, I would say early on in our in our careers, it's all about the craft. It's all about figuring out design, figuring out Make writing, pretty. Figuring out making it pretty, all that good stuff. But as you get further in your in your career, it really is essential that you have to be able to speak business. You have to be able to speak strategy. And you're right, you don't learn that anywhere. I mean, for me, I had to read so many books on strategy and so many books on business for years and years. You know, I've always said, you gotta, in order to lead, you have to read. And so that was, That's right. that was my angle, like just read, read, read. But tell us from your perspective. So if we understand this concept of We've got to speak the same language. And, and part of it is, you know, learning to under, seeking to understand like your grandfather's story. That's awesome. But then there's also a step where it's like, you got to learn that thing that was beating you every time. So how do we yes. learn to speak strategy? How do we learn business? And coming from your background at a university, this would be great to just give some good tips and tricks to how do we as creative leaders step it up and understand that stuff? So first for me, I learned strategy by learning that I didn't understand the perspectives that everyone else was coming to the problem with. And therefore I couldn't understand the criteria that we were judging what was right, what worked and what didn't work. So I didn't have the criteria. I didn't have the vocabulary, but I had to recognize that I didn't know those things first. That's long before actually learning what the concepts are, the business concepts that creators should understand are, I think, when I did finally go to NYU to study integrated marketing uh, years later, after I realized, hey, this is that thing strategy that keeps beating me, where do I go to learn this? Um, and I learned the uh, Harvard Business Case Study Method, mm -hmm. which I also love to put sort of into practice here, which is uh, figure out who the decision maker is in the business problem, and then step into their shoes look at all the available data that they have to make the actual decision with. Think through what exactly they are going to be judged on in their performance review at the end of the year. Think about their job title. 
understand exactly what moving the needle means for them. From there, I then can understand by stepping into their perspective, again, think how they think to do what we do. And from there, I can build in with certain tools like uh, the Creative Strategy Framework, which is in my book, um, that help you to organize the chaos and then question the answers that the client or your teammates come to you with so that we can turn insights into execution. So first is to become conscious of mm -hmm. what it is that's going on, to become conscious that everyone has a different perspective, to then figure out how to step into their shoes. Because let's, let's be honest, Adam. Business and marketing people who went to get their MBAs at NYU or wherever they went, they're not going to learn typography. They're no. not learning color. It's not going to happen. They're not learning code. They don't care about the long sort of detailed explanations that we have in the creative team. It doesn't mean it's not important. And actually, to be very honest, it's actually even more important. I always like to say that creative people offer the spoonful of sugar that make business and marketing objectives palatable to the public. So they can't go public without us. So they need us. So it's very important, but they're not going to learn what we do. Therefore, it's up to us. And I mentioned uh, before that in business school, they don't teach how to inspire designers. So therefore, you get a brief that might be the size of a novel, all useless, by the way. But think about the energy, and I'm speaking to you creatives. Think about the energy that you spend spinning your wheels, the fear that we feel already because we're perfectionists or we're insecure about whether we have imposter syndrome, whatever it is, right? <laughs> the, the hourglass is running out. The deadline is already set and you get a novel that you have to thumb through. None of it is useful. What do we normally do? What is the natural thing to do? Well, you fall back on your aesthetic vocabulary. You fall back on the things that got you in the room in the first place. But that's where the danger is. You're focused on making it pretty. You're focused on like and dislike. They're focused on business objectives. They're focused on what's going to move the needle. They're focused on strategy, right? So I think it's just really important to recognize those things. But I think the last thing I'll say about this in terms of just making the case as to why it's important for creatives to not only understand strategy, to speak and understand the language of business because it's not enough just to speak it it's not enough just to understand it because once you become familiar with what the tools are or what the vocabulary is you might be on brand but off strategy and off message mm -hmm. you might be on strategy but off brand and off message right so we're still expected to deliver creative business solutions that you know, despite the delusion and the crazy and the process and the skip steps and all of the, you know, the issues that happen, we're still expected to deliver creativity that's on brand, on strategy and on message. doesn't even matter. So it's really important that we learn to speak and understand the language of business because then you can be strategic about how you even hear what's going on and, and you can retrain the way you listen. So when the client or your teammate says that, you know, we need a new website or we need a new identity, you can, instead of thinking, cool, they need a new identity, I'm going to make a cool website, I'm going to make a, a really cool whatever, which is, again, tactical, 
Mm-hmm. We can then retrain the ask by thinking how they think, stepping into their shoes and saying, well, wait a minute. If the CMO or the director of e-commerce is asking me for X, Y, and Z, I now understand that what they really need is, you know, brand differentiation or they really need repeat business or they need to drive traffic or they need to increase the average order value. Like those are the things that you need to hear when someone says to you, we need a new website or we need a new uh, identity, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah. There's so much to unpack here. I mean, in my experience of working at agencies or even in-house, oftentimes we get into those business discussions and the art director or writer, it's like their eyes roll back when we start talking about numbers and they're just like, oh, okay. You know, tell me when we're getting back to talking about the creative part and then I'll light up again. And that's yeah. completely wrong. Like it really is for us as a creative leader, if we want to seat at the table and we want to guide the company, give vision to where we could go creatively, we have to know strategy. We have to know business. We have to be able to speak all those things. In fact, I had a boss once at one agency. He said something brilliant. He's like, the first thing you need to do is understand how the company or how your client makes money, period. How do they make money? Once you understand how they make money, then you can back out of that and start figuring out what's the right solution, what's the right creative idea that will help with that. And there's two more of the things I thought was pretty interesting is like you were talking about how a lot of these people, and I've spoken about this forever, that they go to get their MBA, right? Or they go to business school. Everything they're learning about is numbers, 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 and data, 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 right? Whereas you think about as creatives, we've been training our brains our whole careers to focus on emotions. We're all about what's that emotional connection? What's that feeling, right? And so we're just speaking a totally different thing. And in order to cross that bridge, in order for, for us to explain to a business leader and say, here's why those numbers translate into emotions, which translates into, you know, customer value or translates into loyalty, right? We have to be able to bridge all that stuff. So I love it. Well, I think this is yeah. so fantastic. Well, that's, I mean, that's the job, right? We're, we're trained to take the emotional language of design and turn it into the rational, or we, we're, I guess I can say it the other way. We can, we're trained to take the rational language of business and turn it into the emotional language mm-hmm. of design, right? Yep. That, that's our job. And I think that in understanding those things, you can find out, oh, I'm a, it's almost like, you know, back when we used to leave the house, you go to the mall at different points and you look at that little map and it says, you are here, right? Without the, you are here, the map is useless because it's all relative, right? So if you understand you are here and they are here, you can understand, oh, well, this is the quickest route or I have to go and grab some shoes before I head over to wherever so I can take this route. But until you understand where everybody is on the map, we're screwed. <laughs> you know, we're going to lose the account. Everybody's going to blame each other. And it really doesn't matter whose fault it is at that point. We lost the account. Hmm. Yeah, we have to figure out how to get to yes, but we also have to figure out, well, where is everybody? Yeah. And the funny thing is, you and I both when we understood that one step in our journey is we both went back and got master's degrees in strategy, which is interesting. You know, most creative people don't do that. And, and I'm not saying that most creative people have to do that. I think my guess is you did that probably just so you can better understand. Right. And so you can bridge that gap, but that's one step. That's one way to do it. There's a lot. It is one way. And for me personally, I, um, I thought to myself, you know, 
and again, this is back when there was Action Script and mm-hmm. Flash, which again doesn't exist anymore. So, what is the moral of this story, ladies and gentlemen? It is change before you have no choice to change, right? But in that situation, I realized, you know what? I don't want to go further downstream into the execution part of this. They're already in the conference room 20, 30 minutes before they walk out and they say, all right, do this. And I'm questioning, why are we doing that? If this drug is a rheumatoid arthritis drug set for senior citizens, why are we doing digital ads? Might they have a hard time holding the mouse? Might they have some pain as a result? Like, are we going to literally miss the people we're trying to reach because you're not thinking through where we need to be and how we need to reach them. You know what? I know how to do that, but guess who wasn't in the room, right? So mm. overall, and, and I want to say another thing about that because sometimes creative people uh, like to hide behind our max or we're better as sort of rec- being a recluse or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm better working off to the side on my own. And I want to say this to you that if you're invited to the meeting and you don't contribute anything, guess who's not coming to the meeting again? Yeah. And what you have to say is very important. But I think it's it's just really important to understand that however you learn is the way you need to grab that information. And it might be a, a, a multitude of ways. I know I needed to really deep dive instead of going downstream and learning the things that would make me a better executor, learning action, action script or, you know, brushing up on code. I wanted to swim upstream. I wanted to be in the places where they were making decisions. And I knew that I needed a deep dive structured sort of way. I needed to go to the source. So again, if they're learning at NYU, I'm going to go to NYU. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn where they learned. I'm going to see what they saw. Again, in my perspective, the art director, the creative director goes to business school. And, you know, I wanted somebody to shoot me in the face after like the first semester, Hmm. my first class in statistics. And I'm panicking. Everything in me is like, what did I just do? Why am I here? Because my brain doesn't work that way. And oftentimes it was like, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, wah, 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 yeah. wah, right? yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I knew that if I did this, I could be better. Therefore, I set my mind to it and I just raised my threshold for pain. Uh, and in this case, whether it was statistics or some other math thing, um, I realized, you know, I'm not good at that. That's not my first language. I got a tutor, and I made sure that those small hurdles, though they were very difficult, didn't defeat the whole purpose. And, uh, you know, I want to just encourage anybody listening. Um, A lot of what I wrote in the book, the reason why the structure is the way it is, the reason why there are stories, long-form stories at the first page of every chapter and the introduction and the foreword and all of those things that usually you don't read, but I encourage anybody listening to this to read, is because I wanted to make sure that I spoke to my audience, the emotional part, right? We're blessed as creative people with a gift that harnesses the emotional part of who we are. That's that's a gift. It is not a drawback. However, we were not trained to harness and control our emotions. Mm-hmm. So therefore, your superpower becomes your weakness whenever you're in a situation like presenting or like defending yourself against those people who have those MBAs. 
And if you don't understand how to deal with your emotions, then it becomes your worst enemy, the thing that makes you special. So I think how you learn strategy or how you learn to control your emotions, how you learn how to engage the more rational side of what you're doing to actually learn something that you don't want to learn. Like you need to do those things to survive. Again, back to 1999. The people who got jobs in the dot-com era were people who came from English or people who came from wherever. You can fill in the blank. But what was common about those people was that they were willing to learn a new language. And I believe today that just as coding is essential to being a designer now, it wasn't back then. And it wasn't even a risk to decide not to learn it back then. However... After the dot-com recession happened, there was about a year and nine months, the economy comes back, and the very first question out of everyone's mouths mm-hmm. Can you code? was, are, well, are you a web designer or a print designer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas before it was, oh, I'm a designer. Nobody questioned whether you were a print designer because that's the only designer that you could be. Right. Maybe you worked on packaging. Maybe you were an industrial designer. Those things could be clarified before the dot com recession. But after it, that whole the whole world shifted and you were either one or the other. I believe today the whole world is shifting again. And though it's very slow adoption, very slow adoption in terms of designers learning the essential skills of strategy. I think we've moved a little further, Adam. And I think the essential skills now because of COVID-19 for designers, the essential skills, in addition to strategy, because that was what I would have said before COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're in this situation, the essential skills are new systems design, Mm -hmm. operations, forecasting. Now, again, everybody listening, do they teach those things at design school? The answer is no. However, what am I telling you? Just as we've always had to move, learn new typefaces, keep up with the new programs, learn new, uh, you know, uh, like learn Slack, learn how to deal with project management software, right? Learn different ways of working or learn a completely new uh, culture, different language. Every time you leave a job or every time you change your altitude within the same job, right? We've had to learn those things to survive the whole time. I'm now telling you that strategy, in addition to these other things, new systems design, operations, and forecasting, these things are now essential skills. And just as we've had to learn typefaces, programs, and new uh, project management software to do our same jobs over time, I'm telling you that we either, COVID-19 is asking us, Are you a canary looking backwards, holding on to the things that we used to do and the way we used to do it? Or are you a caterpillar looking forward, willing to to change into and morph into what is going on today, what the industry requires today for you to survive? That's the question. COVID-19 didn't cancel our industry. It's asking you that question. Are you a canary or are you a caterpillar? So we have to move. We had to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I did a, a presentation, oh, it's been about a year and a half ago on, you know, so many people have asked the question, how do I make that leap from just art director, senior writer to a creative director? 
and half of my list of like the nine things you need to do, you know, the craft was only, you know, number eight and nine, but they were things like, you have to be a project manager. You have to learn operations. You have to understand how yes. to, you know, manage all the teams, get all the workload together. But I love this systems design now too, where it's like, if you're going to go into, you know, these companies right now are having to go through this huge digital transformation. They have to change. They have to digitize. Oh, they yeah. have to get, get up with the times. So you as a designer or creative director or creative leader, you need to know all that stuff. And who you can't better? Just be like, I design. That's it. You have and to who better? do all of it. Who better than the person and the people who are used to dealing with clients who after a month, two months, six months on the job, client comes into the conference room, flips over the table, changes the scope, and you can, you know, after cursing, but you can pick yeah. up the pieces and yeah. figure out how we pivot, which is exactly what's needed right now, Adam. The pivot, you mentioned where businesses are at right now, and here's where they're at. There's two choices. We've all seen the news. We've seen how many businesses have gone into bankruptcy. We've seen how many brands, 150 years old and older, have gone into bankruptcy. They will not survive for these reasons. You pivot one of two ways. You either do the exact same thing you've always been doing in a completely different way. New supply chain, new system, new everything, right, to do what you've always done. Or you look at your assets, you look at your competencies, you look at everything that you have on hand in terms of tools, and you figure out how to do something completely different with the exact same things. Either way, you got to pivot one way or the other. There is, it is not possible to continue to do the exact same things that we used to do in business, but also it is not possible to do the exact same things that we used to do as a creative. You can talk to any print designers about that right now, right? If that's what they were and they were standing firm on that, talk to them about how that went because whether the jobs were less plentiful, whether the rate was a lot less than what they used to get, it doesn't matter. It becomes unsustainable. And if you wait to get lung cancer to stop smoking, you waited too long. Well, Douglas, this has been an awesome conversation. We're at time now, but uh, before we take off, tell people how can they find your book? How can they find you? How can you stay connected? I'd love people to have a, an opportunity to reach out to you as well. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you having me on, Adam. Um, you can find me at thinkhowtheythink.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Douglas Q. Davis. And uh, I'm on Facebook. I think I'm Professor Davis on Facebook, like I'm Professor Davis in real. But um, yeah, I hope to to you know hear from pretty much everybody. Uh, I have my contact information also on my website, uh, so you can go there, shoot me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for having me on. No, oh, perfect. Thank you, Douglas. And we'll also have his information at the bottom of this uh, session on realcreativeleadership.com. So again, thank you everyone for listening. We're so glad that you took the time to, to listen to us rant about, you know, giving good feedback, speaking the same language as, as other people, as a creative leader, learning how to understand strategy and operations and all those good things. There's a lot of good nuggets in this session. So thank you, thank you for sticking with us. Um, and then next time we're gonna talk about how to build relationships. You know, what are some things that we need to do to encourage relationship building? So stay tuned for that as well.
Um, and other ways you can find us, so realcreativeleadership.com. And also I'd like to thank Stoke again for producing this podcast. You can find them at thestokegroup.com. And as always, you can find me at adamwmorgan.com. And uh, we hope to connect and hear more from you. So thank you so much for staying with us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>